Adam Crowley Show. I've never felt so alive until now. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette going to be with me for the next hour. And off to a bad start, I think, as you're scooting away from me. What the hell happened there? I'm, I'm going on the other side of the table. I'm, uh. I'm pulling this cord for my headphones, and I'm, like, stretching. But if I go across the table, I'm, I'm better. No. So more of a logistics thing? I, it's more of a logistics thing, and I don't want to go all the way because then we would be, like, two people. We'd be, like, the married couple at a, a small booth, and we're just, like, staring at each other. And... Well, what do you prefer? Whenever you're out with your wife, is it across the booth or next to each oh, other in the across, booth? It, no, I I think across the booth, but I you know I want to sit at a booth across from my wife. I, nothing against you, but you know I have different feelings for her versus you. You're like adjacent to me now. No, I my first name is Jason. Oh, for the love of God! <laughs> Do you remember the one of the first times I had you, you on? The dad jokes, and I called you James or something. Yeah, you did. And oh, now Madden man. calls you Mackay. Well, Madden has always called me Mackay, and, and there's it's some soccer reference. I'm not even sure. The first time I ever met Mark, you know, however however many years ago, he said, you know, I know your name's Mackie, but I'm going to call you Mackay. Like, <laughs> whatever. Okay. You know, at that point, I'm like, you know, oh, I just met Mark Madden. You know, and and so I I just go with it. I think it's funny. He'll even say like when I I do hits with him. You know, coming up next, Jason Mackey from the Post Gazette. Okay, Mackay. He will. And the first time I heard it, I thought, what blatant disrespect here for Madden? <laughs> what the hell? Madden didn't even know Mackey's name. Mackey should be the one forgetting Madden's name. The next time I'm on with Madden, I should have him retell the story on the air. Just, just set it just back up. Clip. Yeah. Could, at least so I can tell it, too. Whenever somebody asks me, why does Madden call you Makai, I can tell them. Because you don't even remember. I don't. I, you, I, you, I just, you, ha- you have the peripheral details, but the, not the real details. Right. There's some sort of soccer tie-in, but that's it. I was reading your 20 thoughts today, and I don't say this just to blow smoke, because I am honest. I love that every week, man. It's Thank been you. badass. I think Thank it gives you. a nice look kind of inside uh, the Penguins that you don't really get anywhere else, and... You have to go behind a paywall to get it either. Yep. Which, which I, helps. Technically, you do. On, oh. I, it, technically, oh. there's a pay, paywall in the post because it's, it's like the softest of soft paywalls. You know. You, Is there really? I believe so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you have to, I mean, maybe a long time ago you subscribed or something. I don't it's know a possibility. That, or I just read things on so many different devices, my phone, my laptop, yeah, my wife's they, laptop. Because I think work you get ten free page views a month, so if you're oh, okay. you know if you're all over the place, you're probably okay. But in any case, thank you very much for the, yeah. the kind words. With that, I was talking to somebody this morning. It's as a, as a writer and as somebody who puts this thing out, like I want to make sure it's not like the Jim Rutherford diaries. You know, and Jim's so accessible and so good as a general manager. Like I, you know, and as a beat guy, I can call him any day, and he's going to say something interesting. And he's going to say something that, like, oh, well, leave my 20 thoughts with that. But that would be lazy journalism. You know, I liked what I did today. It obviously didn't do as well as some of the trade-related stuff, which I understand. But, um, you know, being able to write a feature, and you and I were going to kind of talking off air, and, you know, I think a couple years ago and, and definitely 10, 15 years ago, reporters in my position would save their best stuff for, like, a Sunday. You'd put it in the Sunday paper or whatever, and it's just not that way anymore. So many people reading on their computers, tablets, phones and not reading the physical newspaper. So you put something out like this on, on a Tuesday morning, and this isn't to, like, you know, slap myself on the back, but it does pretty well. And you put it online at 9 a.m. on Tuesday. People sort of expect that. And 
that was my goal in creating this. So it's good that uh, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad other people like it. It's fun to do. It's my, it, honest to God, I'm not even not making this up. It's my favorite thing to do in this job. I love gathering things. This week was kind of funky. And then I'll let me finish this, and then I'll shut up. Yeah, uh, quiet down. I know. I, I come on your show and I hijack it, but um, I had so many things that I reported that I had like little nuggets of things that I didn't have anywhere else to put them. So like that's why this week is it's like barely thoughts. It's just it's basically just a long notebook of like random tidbits that I picked up. Well, and the great thing about it is there's a lot of evergreen stuff too. So I would imagine yes. that it, it picks up as the week goes on. You, you yep. publish it on Tuesday and people can still click it and find the information pertinent, which is why I like it so much. And I'm not gonna lie, last night when you tweeted out tomorrow 9 a.m. I woke up early this morning because I was watching uh, the women's hockey game yeah. at 7:10. Because hell yeah, Olympics! I'm an American. Really? Yeah, I love it. We'll get into that, too. I wanted to discuss it with you. But I was waiting. The 8.45, I'm refreshing the damn thing. I was like, I need my Penguins content. What the hell am I going to talk about today? And you put it out there. And here's what's interesting to me. It got me thinking about Mike Sullivan a lot. And we should talk about this. Somewhat morbidly, too, which we'll get to. But uh, Steve Kerr alluded to how hard it can be to deal with success, the head coach of the Warriors. And the Penguins... They've won the last two cups. They're dealing with success. But in dealing with success, that made the beginning portion of the season hard. Because how do you tell your team this game's important when you're playing Game 7s against Ottawa where everything is on the line? And Game 6s in the Stanley Cup Final. The way he's been able to get the team to flip the switch, if you will, in 2018 to me is fascinating. I agree. I agree, and I'm, I'm flipping through here. There was one quote that I liked more than anything. It was from Jacques Martin, and it's easier to coach when you win. When you lose, that's when you see top coaches set themselves apart, when you have to bring solutions to your team. In all of the 20 thoughts, 2,000 words, whatever it is, that is my favorite quote because that speaks to what the Penguins have experienced this year. It's very easy to go through and roll four lines and do whatever else when your team's stacked and doing well and healthy and on a roll. I think of uh, Bruce Cassidy in Boston right now. Like They're just playing out of their minds. It's not against Cassidy. It's just that team's playing so well. Like You and I could go up there and coach right. But what Sullivan did this season with the Penguins, getting, you know, one, not ripping his hair out the way they played at the beginning of the season, but I thought that he navigated it very well. You know, there were times, and he talked about this when I talked to him Saturday in St. Louis, where he had to push where he couldn't let his players sort of off the hook and there were other times where he had to kind of you know lesson learned myself I can't freak out over this um, and and just kind of let it go and uh, I don't know I just have all the respect in the world for the coaching job Mike Sullivan has done I think he is one of the you know one two three best coaches in the NHL right now Um, this success has no sign of stopping because of Sullivan and I think the Penguins are very much encouraged by that you know you you We'll probably talk about the long game with him, but this is a formula that you can repeat and repeat and repeat, uh, even if you would take some of these players out. Mike Sullivan's going to continue to win. I think one of the best attributes you can have as a coach is to be able to evolve and constantly learn because new information is coming out all the time. It's at your fingertips. You can evolve and get better. For him, he's won two Stanley Cups. Uh, he's won, well, but, he's but, won one twice. But he's still learning. Yeah. I, I mean, he's not a guy who's coached for a long period of time. I mean, not at least in the head coach capacity. Yeah. So that's what's fascinating to me. Uh, he's had so much success early 
but yet it seems to me like he's willing to have an ebb and flow in his particular game plans, how he coaches every guy. Uh, he's smart enough to realize that he can still keep getting better. Look at Phil Kessel this season, right? That there is exhibit A in what you're talking about. Everybody could have looked at Phil Kessel and said, "Ah, you're a 30 goal scorer. You're fine. You just dumped an entire thing of water all over down the yourself, front of me, my man. That sucks. What are you doing? I don't know. I uh, I got caught up between halfway between the straw and whether or not I was going to sip that thing from the side. And what I did was go for the straw while dumping it on my lap. And in an unfortunate position, I will say too, we can't take you anywhere. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not drinking alcohol in the month of February. I'm doing a dry February. I think you might want to start. I think I need to start drinking. I think it. I think it kind of evens me out. I'm a little too oh, hyper without goodness. that. Anyway. My God. So let's get back to, to Phil Kessel, though. I mean, this this speaks to Sullivan's sort of genius. I don't know if I I want to throw that term around with, you know, anybody other than a scientist. But anyway, um, what he did with Phil Kessel and getting Phil to play more of a two way game and sort of reinvent himself and catch up with the league and do things that Sullivan knew was going to help Kessel. You know, they had that lunch in Toronto over the summer. I have no doubt that this stuff came up. And Phil Kessel to me is is a complete player now. He wasn't before. You know, he was just a great offensive player. He's a complete player now. He will back check. You can see that tonight. Yeah. Um, but having players reach different levels, you know, they're going to keep developing. There's going to be somebody this offseason that Sullivan goes to work on and fixes their game. He's going to tweak the Penguins' team concept, even if they don't win at all, even if they do, whatever, and, and fix things. And so I, I love that about Sullivan. He's always looking to change things, get better. doesn't matter. They could win a third cup, and he's going to find something to work on. At some point, Sullivan won't win a cup. Theoretically. <laughs> maybe maybe he won't. Maybe he'll just continue to win and be the greatest coach in any sport ever, but it's probably going to happen more than not. Yeah, where you don't they're win probably the not going to win at some point, yeah. It's just a reality, and I hope at that point, and I realize I'm fast-forwarding a long, long ways perhaps, but I hope at that point he gets treated the way he deserves to be treated. Because Dan Bilesma, I thought, was a damn good coach. Now, I think... Mike Sullivan does a lot of things better. I think he adjusts game to game better and within a series better and has more plan Bs and yada, yada, yada. But Dan Bovlin, when he got pushed out of town, man, people did not look fondly on him. And you're not going to win the championship every year. Bill Belichick has won, what, five times in 18 years as the head coach? That's a lot. <laughs> but that's that's... That's 13 times where you're not winning the championship as opposed to the five times that you are. And I just hope that he is appreciated for being the damn good coach that he is, even if he doesn't win another Stanley Cup with the Penguins. I still, this is going to sound insane, I still don't think that he is as appreciated as he should be right now. I'll agree with that. Every Thursday I do a chat at 1 o'clock, and every week it is inevitable somebody will ask me about something Sullivan did and insist that he's an idiot. And I will answer them with the same thing. You know what? The guy hasn't lost a playoff series. He might know more than us. It's okay to admit that, I feel like, as a reporter, as a fan, as anybody. That dude knows what's best for his team. Has he done things that haven't made sense or that maybe were to the detriment of his team? Yes. The Ian two, Cole thing's weird. The Ian Cole thing, I don't understand. But there ain't no in series as a, I don't <laughs> with understand. him as the head coach. I know. I don't understand why. You know, in the first period of a game, he gets an itchy trigger finger and wants to screw with his lines. Just let him go, Mike. He was doing that especially like in November and December where they weren't winning. But overall, man, I don't have any business criticizing Mike Sullivan. He's 8-for-8 eight eight playoff series. That's exactly it. I 
am not looking forward to the first time the Penguins lose a playoff series with him because... See, I told you so. I told you right? that Sullivan wasn't no good. Right. Ain't no way he's down. We're going to get the people, and this is, this is, this is future straw man. I mean, we're, well, I'm going far out of my way to do the straw man, but you're going to get people say, saying, you're supposed to win with Crosby and Malkin. And they just needed to get someone in who was competent, and those guys were going to be able to win. And that's ridiculous to me because clearly it's not that easy to win. It's just not. Yeah. Look what Chicago's got going on right now. I mean, they're a disaster, and they've got a lot of talent still on that club. It's not easy to win. I don't care how much talent you have, and I hope Mike Sullivan is treated well on the backside, and I hope that he's treated well the first time they lose a playoff series because maybe it'll happen this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and it, it's the same thing. You know, I think of Joel Quenville in Chicago. And I think some Blackhawks. Do you follow Mark Lazarus, by the way? Yes. Did you see his rant the other I night? I did. How great was that? I wanted to get him on the show. Oh, yeah? Pe- people don't even give a rip about the Blackhawks right here. I needed, oh. to, I needed to get that guy on the show. Laz is great, man. He's hilarious. But... He started out at the OR, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Started out at the OR covering the Penguins. But uh, One, he's a fantastic writer, too. Just great beat guy, great person, whatever. Uh, but I love that rant. And for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's basically... The Chicago Sun-Times beat reporter for the Blackhawks railing against entitled Blackhawks fans and acknowledging that this isn't, like, the majority of the fan base, but those that, like, have this disdain for, like, Jonathan Taves, uh, it's just a complete loss of perspective. And, you know, I say all that to say, if Joel Quenville was somehow fired by Stan Bowman, he would have a job in less than a minute. There would be, you know, what, 28 other teams, all except, like, Tampa and Pittsburgh, Right now, calling for this guy. Say, can we get you here, please, please? And there are fans that are, are frustrated with it. So, again, that's the same thing with the Penguins. We're talking about 1%, 2 3% of the fan base, but it's right. still. They're the loud ones. Uh, yeah, they are. It's a vocal minority, and uh, Sullivan is so good, man. He's so good. When Bill Belichick decided not to play Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl, there was a bunch of people who were ripping him, and hey. I get it, because that was bizarre to me, and I wouldn't have done it. But he did, and he thought we are good enough to win anyhow. But it is so interesting to me to see how quick fans turn on their Hall of Fame-type coaches. And I don't know if Mike Sullivan's going to wind up in the Hall of Fame one day, but he's got two cups, or one cup, one twice, and we'll see if he adds to it anymore. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. It's Adam Crowley. Jason Mackey joining me here until 6 o'clock. We're at Buford's Kitchen, the Terrace on 5th on top, looking right across the street at PPG Paints Arena. Pens and Sens tonight. I want to talk to you a little bit about how the Penguins are different than they were when they played the Sens last year in game number 7. And we got to talk about the Olympics because you look lukewarm. Uh. You're, You're rolling your eyes. I'm all about it, man. Give me more sports. What say you at underscore Adam Crowley, 412-922-2874. Jason Mackey and Crowley continue on the Crowley Show. Pens and Sens tonight. The Senators stink. They got 47 points. I thought that they'd be a lot more competitive than they are. Jason Mackey joins me now from the Post-Gazette. He'll be with me until 6 o'clock today. We're at the Terrace on 5th. Come on by, grab a few Bud Lights. Don't share them with me because I'm not allowed to drink them until the end of the month. Do you think that actually gets to your mouth anyway? That end up on your lap? That was a cheap <laughs> shot and very well played by you. I'm afraid walking out there tonight that my crotch is going to freeze. Hopefully it'll dry by that point. <sighs> Man, I'm not going to say I'm an alcoholic because I'm not. Okay. But I will say 
that I typically like to have one or two at the beginning of every show when I'm out on the road. Because it just, it evens me out, man, because I get real hyper, real jittery, and now I can't have that, and I feel like my baseline is all screwed up. I don't blame you, and I just realized as you said that on game days, I love to have a beer or two when I get home. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's a long day, starts at 9 in the morning, something like that, and I get home at midnight, and, you know, I love to un- unwind with a beer or two. You have to. You can't just you can't just get home at midnight and then go to sleep. No, you can't. Plus, be me being who I am, like I'll drink two cups of coffee during the game, so that's got you wired. <laughs> so I'll get home at night and, and have a beer or two. But anyway, I never remember to put enough in the fridge for whatever reason. So like a game day rolls around, and we have a fridge that is devoid of beer. So I have to text my wife and say, can you please put a couple bottles of beer in the fridge? And I just realized I have to do it again. And oh, she, no. She, not, jokingly, jokingly, she, yes, your beer wench will get them. Oh, you know, no. So, oh, no. So, so it sounds like there's resentment there. There's not. It does. Oh, you and Abby, you got a good relationship. I mean, no, you're, you're, she's you're great. fine. She's the You'll greatest. be okay. I mean, but she will make fun of me. And she should. And Take she, care of your own She does a tremendous job. Yep. Game days are long, though. You got the they game are, day man. skates. Yep. yep. Do you get a nap in? I do. What's, I'm, your, I'm what's your meal? Do you do a uh, you do a peanut butter and jelly? No, I, I generally don't eat lunch on game days. Um, my routine I have a pretty, just like the players, writers have routines too. Um, I like to be at the skate an hour beforehand. That's when I go, like, pregame notes and, and study and highlight things and whatever. So I'll leave my house about 9 a.m. and get there at 9 30, uh, skate at 10 30, maybe a visiting team skate or whatever, finish up things in the afternoon, early afternoon, um, get home, take a nap, usually for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half if I'm lucky, get up, shower, um, get to the rink. I usually, home games, I'll leave at 5, get here at 5 30. Um, like I said, I won't eat. Lunch in between. Um, generally, don't work out. I wish I could, but I was going to say, where's the pump and iron? I know, in? I know. I, I get lazy on game days. There's just too much going on. But anyway, um, so I eat dinner at the rink, and then you know you finish up your stories right on deadline. Done by, you know, usually eleven for a seven start, eleven thirty, seven thirty, midnight eight. So you know, go home and or I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't like covering this beat for a newspaper. And, you know, I, I don't mean like, you know, you just got to hit your deadline and go home. Like right. You have to go back and rewrite it for the web. You rewrite it for the web. Right. Um, so all of those times are loose. But anyway. Transcribe stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, so you get home, and by, by the end of that, you're ready for beer. Here's a little behind-the-scenes look at Jason Mackey. I've seen you running around Mount Lebo from time to time. Yeah. yeah. No longer, though, man. No longer. No. We, we don't live there anymore. We're, we're sadly no longer Mount Lebanon. Resident. How did I not know that? Because we haven't caught know. up I in thought, a long time. I thought you did. I don't listen to things is probably what it was. <laughs> I'm too busy spilling things on myself. No, we bought a house in Baldwin um, last year. So if I saw you November, running in Mount Lebanon. That would be really weird. Wow, that would be a long-ass run. My son the preschool in Mount Lebanon. We love Mount Lebanon and miss the living daylights out of it, and we're probably going to move back there. Yeah. Now. But no, you yeah, you would see me. And I, what was the one time, either on Washington Road or Bower Hill? I think I honked beat, at you on yeah. Washington Road. Like who the heck scared is you? Honking at me in a Honda Fit or whatever you were driving. <laughs> it's not whatever a 2009 car you were Rio. I wish it was a Fit. I'm still trying to find myself a car endorsement deal. Let's go, salespeople. Let's make that happen. I don't want to have to pay for anything. <laughs> Jason Mackey joining me here until six o'clock on the Crowley Show. Uh, Mackie hates America. Uh, this is very much clear now to me after talking to him off the air. All right, we going to do this? Yeah, why do you hate America so much? I, it, it has nothing to do with America, pal. It has everything to do. He, here's my issue with the Olympics as a whole, and my wife very much disagrees with me. She loves it. I can't stand the Olympics. 
I lost out on the TV battle the other night. But we don't care about these people for four years. They put them on the TV, and all of a sudden, I love them. We say, "Oh my God, here's you know whatever whatever athlete it is." You know, and you act like you're an expert in biathlon or duathlon. I don't know which Michaela one Michaela Schifrin. I don't care. Big fan. Man, if you're not going to care about something in a month, why are we caring about it now? If you're into the NBA, I can understand that. If you're a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks, I just picked the most random team ever. I can understand it because chances are in a month, two months, four months, five months, you're still going to be a fan of that team. I get it. The Olympics? Like, unless you're watching, I don't know, cross-country skiing in July, which I don't know why you would be, why do you care now? I think it is a feeling of community with your fellow countrymen that you can know you're watching the same thing. You're all pulling for the same thing. Now, I do think a lot of that's contrived. Do you go to a bar and you're, like, talking about You're damn right. And I drink my seltzer water. And (laughs) At least you're drinking it and not spilling it. Damn. But, I mean, do you, do you really, like, you get that much of a sense of community out of watching ski jumping and talking about ski jumping? I do think that there's an element of that. I think more so for the team sports, the hockeys of the world. Yeah. Uh, world Cup stuff. In which case, we're throwing a bunch of AHL players we'll over get to there. That. We'll get to that in a second. Because that, to me, is a totally different conversation. One that I'm actually on Gary Bettman's side on. So we can, we can, what? Ha- we what? Can, we can have that debate oh, as well. Goodness. Um, but... I'm never a guy who's going to argue with more sports on TV. I know that the market is saturated, and that's one of the reasons the NFL thinks their ratings are down. Uh, it's one of the reasons why attendance in sporting events is down. There's so much going on. But my wife and I, we've been watching the games. and yeah. she If I put on a random college basketball game, if Trey Young's playing Texas Tech, like tonight, and I'd be watching that, yeah. she'd be like, can we put anything else on? And, of course, I bow down, and I say, yes, of course I'll, I'll put something else on. Good move. We'll wind up watching HGTV. If it's the Olympics... I'd rather watch HGTV than the Olympics. Sometimes me too. But the Olympics gives us that middle ground where I I get to watch the sports and she gets all excited in the feature stuff. All right. She falls in love with the Michaela Schifrins, which puts an image in my head, but I didn't say that out loud. That's what I'm all about. I'm all about the marriage. In the Olympics, it helps my marriage. Hey, man, I can get down with that. I, yeah. I understand it. And, and if anything, that'll give me motivation to go home and watch it with Abby and see, you know, see what she's into or whatever. And that that's cool. But as a, you know, sports journalist looking at this thing, like, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. I understand people who are passionate about hockey or football or baseball or basketball, whatever your thing is. And if you're into that team and you want to consume every, you know, word or image or soundbite or whatever from that team, I get that. But I don't understand if I don't care about something for a number of years, all of a sudden how I'm just going to ramp it up for two weeks because you put a bunch of rings together and start playing cool music. Well, you don't care about your birthday for a whole year, and then you care about it that year. For a day? Make a big deal know. about you it. Care about you get your a cake. that much? I don't. No, I thought I might have you there, but no, I don't give a rip about my birthday. It's just uh, a sad reminder of my decaying frailty as Oh, being. shut up. How old are you? 27. Jason Mackey joining me here on the Crowley Show. Mackey, to hockey now. All right. Olympic hockey. That's not real hockey right now. It, it hopefully will be real hockey in four years. It's not real hockey right now. I'm on Gary Bettman's side here. Why? Because I don't, it does not convert people. It doesn't make more people watch the NHL afterwards. Okay. 
and players can get hurt okay. for people who aren't paying them. I understand the players want to go, so there's some equity that you could gain there, certainly. Right. I do get that standpoint. Right. I also understand the fans like it a lot better. I mean, I would rather watch Olympic hockey if pros are playing. There's right. no doubt about it. But from Gary Bettman's standpoint and from an owner's standpoint, I don't see what the benefit is for them. Let me ask you two questions. What do you think the pers- – it, it, it's not important that you're, like, exactly you know on the number here. What do you think can the percentage? I round? Yeah, I can, can round. What do you Up think or down? The percentage? You Shut up. What do you think the percentage is of players who want to go to the Olympics? A hundred. Okay. What do you? Think I round it up. What do you think the percentage of fans that want to go to the one NHL players in the Olympics? What do you think that is? Probably close to that. Fans and players drive the league. If you take the players away, the NHL doesn't have squat. But the NHL less... is what it is because people care about it, because players are interesting, because they're fun to watch and for people to care about them. Are less people going to watch it the NHL? Matter. It doesn't matter. Are more people going to watch? It doesn't matter. It does matter, I think. Do what is best for your constituents. But it's not what's best for the case, league. I don't care. Well, they care. It's they have a... to care. Bertman has to care about the league and only the league. And it benefits NBC... But it doesn't benefit the TV ratings later. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything negative. It's not like people. You send NHL players over there and say, "I'm never watching hockey again. This stinks." Like, no, it's going to be good. Well, your point's a good it, one from this standpoint. I mean, is well, there is is there enough of a benefit to say like you know random South Koreans who are walking on the street they see an NHL hockey game and they're suddenly going to be enraptured by the NHL? No, but it doesn't hurt. And if everybody involved with your sport that makes your sport what it is wants to go, then you're an idiot for not allowing that to happen. Well, what about the World Cup of Hockey? You don't think that that could become the next Olympics no. for them? You don't think no. they can make that real? No. I think they could. No. I think it could be a big deal. I don't. And I think that's the best case scenario, something that helps the league and the players get to represent their country. If you make the World Cup of Hockey a best-on-best best tournament with actual countries and not fictitious things. You need the things. Totally agree with like, that. I love the young stars. I loved watching them. Me too. But it, there's an, a certain gimmick element. That, that Where are their fans? In. And it was like four months long. I swear to God, that was the longest tournament it in the was. history of tournaments. You, if you make that thing like, I don't know, two weeks, maybe, maybe less, maybe ten days, I feel like it would have more appeal and maybe you have something there. But you can't replicate the Olympics, and I know I'm kind of contradicting myself by bashing the Olympics, but it is a global sporting event, well, and it, that when you bring NHL players and actual competition in, it means more than a tournament that you just pulled out of thin air. Well, and to your point of not wanting to contradict yourself, people care about the hockey more than just during the Olympics. They're, oh, yeah. They're thinking about that long beforehand. You're, I think your point's a good one that... It's the fans and the players that you really want to appeal to. And, look, the NHL certainly, certainly could pick up some street cred points there that they yep. desperately need. Uh, so that I will agree with. Where the National Hockey League, they've, we've, we've now seen two recent lockouts. They're kind of, they'd be throwing their fans a bone, which yep. I, I, do, I do understand it from that standpoint. Um, the worst-case scenario, and this isn't something that happens frequently, but the worst-case scenario, obviously, is someone goes over there and gets hurt. Uh, it also interrupts the schedule, and you have to condense everything. So it's not the best thing for the players in season. I wish they could find a way around that. That's why I do think if you separate into countries and you make the World Cup something that means something. I mean, hell, they are acting like it, it would be the first time they ever had a, an Olympic year. I mean, that's that's a thing. Well, just no be- players would be complaining about a condensed schedule because they're going to the Olympics. 
That's just it's what you What about do. beat writers? Would they complain? It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't I'll be there no matter what the situation is, but I mean, and if somebody gets hurt, I mean somebody could get hurt tonight and it's going to affect Yeah, but the they're league. getting paid to get hurt. And they're at least doing it in their league. I I guess we're not friends anymore. You moved to Baldwin. You make fun of me for spilling drinks on me, and we're not agreeing on any of this Olympic fodder. I feel like I'd die doing every single Olympic sport in the wintertime, by the way. You probably would. Curling, I think I'd survive, you can but... Can you skate? Yes. Okay. Not particularly well, but... But you could you could be on ice, you know... Yeah, I did, it, I did D-League. Obviously, you're not on skates. D-League this summer. You have some awareness. Scored a goal. Yeah. Did you? I did. Good for you. Yeah. One of my greatest fears in this job, one of my only fears in this job, is I, I like to do the uh, NHL camera thing, like before on the NHL network before games. And do you have to walk out you on the ice? You have to walk out of the ice. <laughs> and you know they'll catch you I on camera if you fall, oh, too. Oh, my God. A- everybody in that building would be looking at you and pointing and laughing. You'd be It would go viral because you know somebody would have a phone out for some weird reason, and it, you'd be the guy that fell in the middle you of the ice. You might want to do that on purpose. <laughs> it, no. it worked out for no, Mark Andre. Not my style. No. Not my style. That's something I would do. I hold on to the boards like I'm for dear life, man. My feet could fall out from under me. I would just be like an arm holding myself there. Here's the argument that I don't like, and Nick tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I agree with no NHLers in the Olympics. Why would I want seven or eight of the Pens players playing a longer season and potentially not winning a Stanley Cup because of tired legs? I don't love when... Penguins fans will say something like that that is so narrow-minded in their own particular view whenever it's all about the Penguins. Now, that being said, I'll contradict myself a little bit. My least favorite thing about the Olympics is that it almost seems like that's the goal. It, 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 makes, it, it almost devalues the Stanley Cup to me for a little bit. Uh, you, you leave your team, you go play for this other team, you celebrate like you won the Cup when you win the gold medal, and you haven't won the Stanley Cup. But I suppose we're not going to see eye to eye on this one, and we're our not. relationship is going to suffer. All right, four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Coming up next, Riley Shane looks like he's going to stick at the three C position. Is he playing better than Benito was? We'll talk about that. It's Adam Crowley and Jason Mackey until six. ESPN Pittsburgh. <laughs> All right, so the rest of the stuff we've been talking about for the last 40 minutes, you don't really care about. You care about the deadline. It's all any Pens fans are thinking about right now. Well, at least that's what I've been thinking about, which is why I love Mackey's 20 thoughts. And he's been the guy really on record saying for the longest time, I think, that Riley Shane is going to stick. Hell, I saw a couple of paywall sites today had tweeted something out along those lines, Mackie, that, wow, I think the Penguins are going to stick with Riley Shane. You've been saying this for a long time. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not into, like, bashing other outlets. You I feel like that it. happens too many times in our business where, you know, you have to, like, put somebody down to push yourself up or whatever. I, I just, I don't like that. Screw the fan. No. I, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, I like the fan. I like the athletic. I like DK. Like, I, I don't roll like that. But and everybody should get their own story, and that's cool. Uh, but I know that I wrote last week that the Penguins were leaning toward thinking that Riley Shane was going to be just fine. Um, and I think the past week has only improved that, has only bettered those chances. Those mitts. Oh, I know, man. I know. He's looked good. Sam Werner, the, my colleague on the beat, I thought did a really good story. There was some interesting stuff from Shane in there about his conversations with Kessel. 
I don't know if you read this, but basically Kessel has encouraged him to, like, hold on to the puck more. And that has meant a lot to Shea like, it, tapping into offensive ability that, like, he didn't even know that he had. Uh, and so I, I just find that very interesting, that Shea kind of thought he would make the safe play and just put a shot on net and didn't want to really engage in the offense. And then all of a sudden people are pushing him to do it. He's doing it. It's turning out well. Hey, we might have something here. And I know you sort of teased Benino in the last segment. And he's producing better than Benino. He is. And people forget, too, that Nick Benino didn't start out his Penguins tenure on some sort of huge role. No. He had to sort of acclimate as well. He kind of stunk. Uh, I don't know if I want to say stunk, but it certainly the beginning wasn't the end. You know, by the end of it, and Mr. March, you know, I think that's Cold hero. He, he rolled into form for the first time. But, I mean, Shane is getting it. He's getting it. He looks fine. To me, the bigger issue at this point, because I know another deadline topic we'll talk about, Ian Cole is basically off the table. I mean, I'm sure that, like, somebody could call Rutherford and he would listen knowing that he's a UFA and playing really well. But he's played top four good Adam. I mean he is not coming out of the lineup anytime soon. I'm going to flip in my bag here. I was going over some plus minus stats this morning. Let me read some of these off to you and Ian Cole is the top of it. It is absolutely nuts and you know plus minus is a little bit of a flawed stat but since he got back in the lineup Ian Cole is a plus nine. Whoa. How insane is that? It's insane that he wasn't playing and yeah. I'm not going to rip Sullivan because I mean that would be. Well I, I think Sullivan he deserves criticism for it. He deserves it, some criticism for this. Or at least some people asking, like, I can't fade why is about this? It, though. Right. Um, Bizarre, because he's one of their best six. He's probably one of their best four. I know. Mackie, the defense score is playing good hockey. It I, really I was is. really worried about them coming in. And this score that they got right now, way better yeah. than the one that they yeah. won the cup with last year. In depth, too. I mean, I don't think Matt Hunwick should be playing right now, but as a seven? Yep. I'm fine with it. You know, he's an expensive seven right now. Um, and I, I am curious whether somebody would take Matt Hunwick off the Penguins' hands. And I think what they would probably need to do is maybe take back some money to make it happen. It's likely money you don't want to spend, but I think what the Penguins are looking at going into this deadline is how to make their fourth line better now. I think a couple weeks ago before Riley Shane started on this current role, they wanted to improve their third line. Right now, Carter Rowney's just not giving them enough nah. offensively. Um, I don't have a problem, or at least as much of a problem, with Ryan Reeves as I think some people do. Boy, you know, it's almost... This is nuts to me, Jason. I'm an anti-Reeves guy, or I had been a really, really anti-Reeves guy. Not because of him personally, but because I just don't believe in that style. Yeah, and the Penguins I understand. have won two cups without doing that. But when you... Trade a first round pick for that guy. Oh, don't don't give me the first round pick crap. No, no, no. If, that's gonna set something off. No, if you trade a first round pick for him, play him more. Okay, all that right. that's all I'm saying. And it's funny because when he plays more, he's better. I know he is. And maybe it's chicken and egg, but if he's playing 11 minutes a night, he's played really well. I know, and he's different than what they have. Obviously, he played on a line last year in St. Louis with Scotty Upshaw and Kyle Brodziak that like. They played a lot. They played key roles. Ryan Reeves is not the most offensively gifted hockey player, but he's not terrible. No. He can be cast in a role that is meaningful. It is possible. So, you know, there, there are a couple different balls in the air with this. I mean, one I've written and, and blathered on about Matt Cullen for a while, and I still do believe it's a very real possibility. The only complicating factor right now is that Minnesota's winning. 
They're actually in the playoffs right now. I don't know if Minnesota's going to let him go. No, he's not playing a huge role, nor is he playing terribly well, so maybe they will. But anyway, the, that fourth-line center spot, at some point, they're going to want to upgrade that and get somebody who adds a little bit more offense than Carter Rowney. Get him to play with Reeves. You need another element there on the wing. I think maybe that could be Rowney. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. But in any case, they need a center in that spot, and that's where the search is going to shift. So here's my pipe dream, and I want your thoughts on this. Maybe you could put a little bug in Rutherford's ear that i got a man crush on a guy that I want the Penguins to bring in. And uh, Is this serious or is this a joke? No. I'm, I can't tell which way this well, is going to go. No, you can't. Uh, you, I mean, you can't probably <laughs> say, hey, Crowley said this, Mr. Rutherford, but... Um, I don't call him Mr. Rutherford. <laughs> Jimbo. You call him Jimbo? No. Jimmy? No. Jimmers? Oh, man. I, I... <laughs> GMJR. Please tell me you don't go GMJR on him. I don't. I just call him Jim, but I just thought of a, a Rutherford story that would entertain you. Let me, can, we, can we go on a quick tangent here? Uh, yes, a quick tangent before I get to my pipe dream. All right. So we're talking about the um, the third-line center stuff, right, and, and talking about um, – you know, I guess I could sort of out him as a source now that he said it publicly. It doesn't really matter. He didn't want to. He didn't want to be quoted on it. But um, he was talking about the third line center, and he said, "Yep, you got it right from the horse's mouth, or the other end, depending on what day of the week it is." Yes, <laughs> yes, it was tremendous. I know that anybody who deals with him on a regular basis loves the guy. He's so good. Man. He's refreshing. He's so good. You don't get that from anybody else. No, you don't. Y- not at all. And, and with Jim, you get a lot of times, you get a lot of off-the-record banter about nothing even closely related to hockey. Yeah. Uh, did I ever tell you what he told me to do with my kid? No. <laughs> so my kid's really into hockey, right? He loves being a goalie. And so Rutherford said, you know how you tell if he's a real goalie? I'm like, no, I don't. He goes, take him somewhere, get a ball that's not too hard or a puck that's not too hard and won't hurt him. Fire shots at his head. <laughs> and I laugh. I'm like, what? You want me to hit my son in the head with the hockey ball? He's like, yep. You know if he keeps wanting to do it, he's a goalie. <laughs> See if he continues to stay in front of the ball as so opposed dude, to. Like, I, I took him in, the, in front of a net and I did it and I shot him. He loved it. He still wants to do He's it? He's all about it. He wants to be goalie. What kind of ball do you equipment. use? Uh, just like a street hockey ball. Okay. One of the softer ones. Damn. But he was fine. Anyway, so let's get to, to your My pipe, pipe dream. Here. Yeah. Michael Grabner. Yeah. He's at the end of his contract. He's cheap. He'd probably cost a lot in a pick. I mean, you'd probably have to give up a first-round pick from what I've read, but maybe that price goes down. He adds the speed element. I realize seven of his 21 goals are empty net goals. Uh, hey, but maybe that's a need for the Penguins. But no, he does add a certain element. I, I understand. And what's his hit? Like one one point two. It's like one two five. Yeah, guy. and so for now, I mean, you actually wouldn't have to move any money off the books in order to, to bring you, him in. No, you would. You would. They wouldn't fit right now. Really? They're too tight. Yeah. I thought. I thought. I he, think they're about one four right now. Jim never operates with any less than about eight hundred thousand. So okay. they'd have to do something. Okay. Well, that stinks. Well, so it makes it even more of a pipe dream, but. I no, th- I mean, you could do something. You, you you would be able to work that, I think. He's a guy I like because you've got Kessel, you've got Rust, you've got Sherry. You then add a guy but who could also skate. Where would you play Grabner? I'd probably play him on a third line with Kessel. Okay. And then that way you can kind of insulate Shea and you can allow those guys to skate. Haglin, I'd keep with Malkin and Hornquist. I'd keep sitting the kids together. I'd move Russ to the fourth line, so that fixes that problem. And then I'd bring in Cullen, if you could. 
Because those wow, guys you're both just, are, you're just well, imagining the, things at this they're point. They're both on the cheap. They're both on the cheap. See, man, you're like every other Penguins fan. You've just no. added $2.2 million in salary without sending a buck out. Yes, but here's the deal. The Penguins have about 800, I think, prorated cap space. Grabner's about 500,000 prorated cap space. So, and then, so Colin's probably in the same area, maybe a little bit less than that. You would have to move something out. But maybe you, you maybe, also just may, created a set of lines that I think has too many people, or you're forgetting at least one player. I don't think I'm forgetting anyone because I I've, I've been thinking about this hardcore. Maybe you can move Hunwick out, and if you give the Rangers a first round pick, they take a guy like Hunwick, eat his money, they get the first round pick. I'm just spitballing that's fine. here. No, but no, those that's, are two guys who are cheap. That's fair. That's what like, it would take to do it. Yeah, because like Broussard. Come on. The only thing with the Rangers is if they're building for the future, it's not like Hunwick's on an inspi- inspiring, expiring contract. Well, maybe you just if take, he was, then you could do maybe it. Maybe take it just so you get that first-round pick. I, this is if Crowley, the Penguins fan, is running the Rangers, of course. Right, right. So give me your lines again if you brought in grab. Uh, send the kids. Send the kids. So which kids? Gensel and Sherry. Okay. Then I'm going Malkin, Haglin, Hornquist because they had a lot of success. All right. Then I'm going Phil Grabner and who am I forgetting? And, now? and Yes, Shane. Okay. Thank you. And then the fourth line, you got Rust. Yep. And you got Cullen. And then pick your guy. Okay. So right now, you've knocked out of the lineup Carter Rowdy and Dominic Simone. Yes, please. Although Simone could be that guy. And Tom Kuhnackle is also not going to play. And that hurts the penalty kill, although you're getting Cullen. So you, you've taken two forwards out of the penalty killing rotation. And Grabner will be a penalty killer. Yeah, he will. So you've replaced it with one, and you've taken a guy in Dominic Simone, who actually has shown pretty good flashes recently of having a game and playing with Crosby. He yeah, responded. I, I, I get that he's been up and down. Like I, I, haven't, I don't have Dominic, Dominic Simone figured out. Like One game, he can look like he belongs in the American Hockey League. The next, he looks like the rookie of the year. He does. I, I don't. It, he is so Jekyll and Hyde right now. He scares me into thinking he's like a four A player, like a guy who'd hit thirty no, bombs. He's not Chad Hermanson. There's <laughs> no way. No, he doesn't have the pedigree. <laughs> Woo! Oh boy. So yes, that is pipe dreaming. But you could add two players, both who'd have expiring contracts. I like that for the Penguins right now because you want to try to re-sign Hornquist. You don't want to have to have salary tied up in anybody else. I mean, if you can get somebody to take Matt Hunwick's contract, I would do it in a heartbeat. Because Chad Ruedel is a perfectly capable number seven. Did I just do all our bad players for all your good players? Yeah, you did. Damn it! You did our bad player for two... Well, I, I don't know if I'd call Cullen a good player. I don't At know least not in the Minnesota system. I think he would be much better in Pittsburgh. Yes. He, he's not a fit there. People keep writing about that. About how Cullen's lost it in... Yeah. F that. Bring him back to Pittsburgh. No. I'm sure that'll re- revitalize him. Those are people without access to the people involved. I know when I talked to Matt Cullen a couple weeks ago, like he flat out told me it just hasn't been a fit for him. Like that, That's taking the human element out of the game. If a player does not feel like a team is a fit and he does not feel comfortable in that system, guess what? He's not. It doesn't matter what you think watching yeah. the game. It doesn't matter what I think writing about it. If the player who's playing is not comfortable, it's not going to be good. Matt Cullen isn't done, man. No. When they bring him back to Pittsburgh, a lot of people are going to be, you know, when? oh, my God. He just dropped a win. Yeah, I dropped a win. I've been writing a win. It, it's, man, it, the only reason the Penguins would not add Matt Cullen at this point, I'm convinced of this, is that somehow a better option fell in their lap. Like a, a, a tremendously 
I don't know what a guy who would be on the third line normally they can you know give up a, a fourth line center with the boost something like that who's crazy affordable and I don't even know what, who that player would be I like JG Paggio but I do too I don't want to make you start writing things down on your piece of paper again well if you're gonna give me a bunch <laughs> of misconstrued lines and math it doesn't work whoa he makes three point one, I believe, right? Pedro? Yeah, and see, that's why I'm not going to bark up those trees. I, 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 and the Broussard thing. My God, give me Broussard, but uh, he's he's making far too much money. I mean, that's just not going to work. I love every Thursday in my chat getting asked about are the Penguins going to bring in like Derek Broussard or something like that. And I, I usually respond. I try not to be a jerk, but how are you going to do that? He makes five million dollars mm-hmm. a year. I mean, I get that, like. And somebody was trying to argue with me that the, the, the team sending him should eat some of that salary. <laughs> and in a way, I understand it, but like not necessarily for Derek Broussard. And $5 million is a lot of money. It is. Whatever you're 1.2, 1.4, and inevitably, are in the cap. Right. And inevitably in those trades, Connor Sherry's name comes up. And I'd rather, I'd rather add to the roster without having to subtract. Hey, man, I'm not against trading Connor Sherry. If that's got to be the right do. guy. But right now, he's not exactly having the greatest year. He's just coming off an injury. He's not a great defensive player. He doesn't add much in a checking line role. Like, what GMs do you think are lining up to get this guy? And he's 5'7". I mean, Connor Sherry can be a great player in the right system, but chances are you need to play him with a skilled guy like Sidney Crosby, and the Penguins have that. Mackie, you killed it. We got to do it again, man. That was a- fun. Anytime. That was, that was- I love being on with you as I yank the headphones out of my ear. <laughs> you yank the headphones. I dump things on my crotch. All right. It's just been one of those things are rolling hours uh really appreciate it buddy that was fun good stuff coming up next we got matt geica i think for a minute or two it's a crowley show